Hey friends, welcome home to Cassidy Church. It is a great joy to have you with us, to be able to celebrate who God is, what God is doing, the crazy love that He has for us, and the way that He pursues us. Friends, if you are new here, I, I'm, I'm excited that you're with us. If you have joined us because you uh, stumbled across the stream, if you are joining us because you uh, have been invited by somebody, you are welcome here. We are excited to have you join us because we believe that, that God is calling us to action, that God has called us with His great love to respond in love to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you along with us. We realize we're not perfect. You're probably not perfect either. If you are, maybe you could teach us a few things, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to be more like Jesus each and every day, pursuing that great love so that we can make a difference in the world on behalf of of Jesus Christ. And, and actually, that's kind of the, been this whole series, the, the, this, this sermon series that we have had this February has been all about love. Love does. Love is active. Love is engaged. Love is pursuing. Love makes a difference in the world around us. As a matter of fact, we talked about the whimsical nature of love, that love, uh, love doesn't have to make sense uh, as long as it's able to, to go forward with, with the plans and the, the hopes and the dreams that it has. Uh, we, we talked about the fact that love is active, that love doesn't wait around, that love is not a bystander, that love is truly engaged and is going. And we talked about how love is giving, that love gives of itself so that it can perpetuate and grow and make a difference around it. And, and, and we talked about how love crosses barriers, that nothing will stand in the way of love and, and love's pursuit. And so uh, we wanted to continue that today to wrap that series up. So if you're new here, uh, welcome again. And, and you've picked a great time because we're, we're closing down this series with a, a great picture of this, that, that love dreams. That love, love has big dreams, bold dreams, and, and, and grows and makes a difference in the world around it. Uh, I don't know about you, but like I, I, I look at modern day young folks and, and I'm, like my heart goes out to them because I don't know that I could have made it uh, in, in the world today. And here's what I mean. Social media has just kind of made things so much bigger or so much more complex. Uh, here's an example. When I was a kid, if I wanted to invite somebody to go to prom, I would go to somebody's house and I would say, hey, would you like to go to prom with me? Now, they would say yes or no, uh, and then I would mark that one off my list and go to the next one on my list. <laughs> uh, really, what would happen is we would just go and we would ask. Uh, if you were already a boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or in a relationship, the idea was, hey, you're, you're going to go to prom with me, right? Yes. No, really, you didn't even have to ask the question all the time. But now, now things are different because social media has kind of provided this one-upsmanship idea. So you can't just go and ask a, uh, a person to go to prom with you. You have to have this whole planned out idea, this, this, this situation that you orchestrate so that it can happen. And one, we had this, you, when I was in youth ministry, we had this student named Heath. Heath was a great kid. He was in the band uh, for the church, and we went on a retreat for the band. And so we're, we're all together. We're learning new music. We're talking about where God is leading us. Um, and one night we're in, in our bunks in different parts of, of the room and, and Heath opens up about a book he's writing. 
And the book is all about how to properly ask somebody to go to a special event like homecoming or prom or, or big events like that. And I just, I, I, like it took me a minute of laughter um, to, to hear about it because he, you know, some, one of his favorite examples was, you know, you put a sign under the hood of your car with some flowers and you act like when you're driving her somewhere, oh, the car is messed up. Come and take a look at the engine. And you open it up and it says, hey, will you go to prom with me? And there's flowers there. And I'm like, well, the sign could catch on fire if it gets overheated. You know, there's all the things that I'm worried about. And I just thought it was hilarious. But the truth is that it just keeps going bigger and bigger. And now students feel this, this pressure of, of making making the request to go to, to prom or homecoming, a, a huge deal. And I, I think, honestly, I, I, I don't think it's just social media. I think it's the nature of love, right? That love wants to make a difference. That love wants to be bold. Love, love has big dreams to make somebody feel special. Love wants to get everybody on the same side. Love, love truly believes that everybody is a co-conspirator and that they're all on your side to try and make this moment happen and this moment special. Well, in, in the book that we are basing the idea of this series off of, Love Does, by the author Bob Goff, uh, who is also a lawyer, um, he has a great example of this, uh, an example of, of the big dreams of love. You see, he has a house that's down by the water uh, with a dock and a boat and all that, and, and there's a, a, a grassy path in between the house uh, and lots of couples and individuals walk up and down this path so that they can uh, walk hand in hand along the shore uh, and, and so Bob and his wife typically will sit out on their back patio and they'll wave to people as they walk by because they wave to him. Well, this one day, this young man was waving at him and he waved back and the young man kept waving and so he kept waving. And after it got awkward, Bob looked at his wife and said, well, I guess I better go see what this guy wants. Uh, and he walked down uh, and he was introduced to a young man named Ryan. And Ryan explained to him that he was in love. And Bob was like, well, congratulations. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, but Ryan wasn't done yet. Ryan wanted to let Bob know that he and his girlfriend had, had walked up and down this grass path and had seen them out in their backyard. And they talked about what a beautiful home it is. And Ryan wanted to know if Bob would be okay with Ryan and his girlfriend coming and, and he could propose to her in his backyard, in Bob's backyard. And Bob was like, I don't know you and you're going to ask me if you can ask your girlfriend to marry you. And you know what? Sure. Now, a little, a little background to Bob. I think Bob's a little crazy, uh, crazy in love with Jesus and crazy in love with life. Um, and so Bob, Bob was okay with this. Bob said, sure, no problem. Ryan, you go get the girl, bring her here, ask her to marry, you know, let, let me know what I can do for you. No problem. Well, a few days later, Ryan is back and, and Ryan comes up to him and Ryan says, hey, um, Bob, first, thanks for, for letting me use your house for this. Uh, I had an idea. Would it be okay if I, I put a table out and maybe my, my, my girl and I could have, have a meal uh, in your backyard before I ask her to marry me? And, 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 and Bob was like, you know what? Okay, 
Sure, why would that not be a problem? Uh, yes, absolutely, uh, you can do that, no problem. Uh, Ryan came back again and said, hey, uh, can, I, can I have my friends cater that meal? And so Bob's like, uh, at this point, you know, Bob is all in, so he just wants to see where this is going to go. So he's like, sure, what, 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 how many friends are we talking? And Ryan's like, it's all about 20, about 20 friends. So now Bob, who doesn't know Ryan really, and they're getting to know each other through this, this, uh, this wonderful situation, um, is in for having this guy and his girlfriend come to his backyard, have a meal with 20 people that he doesn't know catering the meal uh, and, and, and providing all of this time for him. And, and Ryan comes back and has another idea. He's like, hey, Bob, what about, can I have a speaker? And, and maybe we could dance for a few minutes before we, we go and I, I, I pop the question. And at this point, like I said, Bob is all in. So he's like, sure. Absolutely, 100%. Why would I not uh, want you to dance in my backyard after having 20 of your friends feed you? (laughs) You know, the whole situation just keeps growing and growing. And then Ryan shows up and and he's hemming and hawing. And and you can tell, uh, Bob can tell that he's got a a big request coming. And and he says, Bob, do you you have a boat? (laughs) And at this point, Bob is just like, Yes, yes, I have a boat. Would you like me to take you out on my boat after you dance and uh, eat dinner in my yard with 20 of your closest friends? What would that look like? Absolutely, I, I can do that. And so uh, Ryan shows up, uh, or Ryan, Ryan uh, because of all of the excitement that Ryan has for this, Bob decides, hey, I'm not going to let him have the last word. I'm going to make this even bigger and better. So Bob calls the Coast Guard. Bob calls the Coast Guard and says, hey, this is the situation. It starts relaying the situation to the Coast Guard because he wants to make it an even bigger moment than, his, than, than Ryan can imagine. And so Ryan is not part of this conversation, but the Coast Guard guy starts to get all in too because he's like, this kid is crazy. Look at the, the big idea that he has for going inviting himself to somebody else's house to do all this, to get on their boat. And he's, he's hijacked the whole of Bob's day in order to, 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 who he doesn't even really know, in order to ask this girl to marry him. And so the Coast Guard guy is all in too. And Bob, the big night arrives and Bob is prepared and Ryan shows up with the girl and, and the girl is freaking out because they're like, why are we walking into somebody else's backyard? And then the table is set and they dance and the 20 friends provide the meal and they walk down to the boat, at which point she's really uncomfortable because now they're getting on somebody else's boat and Bob hears her saying, hey, are you sure this is okay? And sure enough, Bob unties the boat. They motor out to the pre, uh, pre-arranged point and there Ryan proposes to his girlfriend, making her into his fiance because she says yes. And at that point, Bob gives the thumbs up to a, a boat that has appeared but they didn't notice. And it was a Coast Guard fire ship. And what it does is it starts letting off all of its fire, the, the water that it can, it can spray out just to make the moment a little bit 
more perfect. And I think uh, if we're honest with, with ourselves and we really think about the, the, the idea behind all of this, we, we just recognize that first, Ryan is insane and Bob is a little insane too because they're just, they're just going. And, and it's exciting to be a part of something like that because love's dreams are big dreams. They're bold dreams and they, they, they don't know the boundaries or the limits that, that the world would enforce. Ryan had no right to ask Bob those things, and Bob had no requirement to say yes, but the infectious nature of the dreams of love are things that compel people to want to be a part of it. And, and you can see that in the Coast Guard conversation, that they were compelled to want to be a part of it. And I think if, we're, if we really take a look at God's great love for us, we start to see that that's exactly what God wants for us. God has great dreams for us. God, God believes that we are so much more than we give ourselves credit for. As a matter of fact, God's love for us exceeds our own expectations of ourselves. God has these great dreams and plans and hopes for who we can be, and, and, and God, God doesn't take no for an answer. God pursues and woos and, and longs for us to enter into that relationship and calls us to come to life in Him, and yet we far too frequently want to hold back. We're like, oh no, that's, that's too far. I, I can't go further than that. I, I can't go all in with God. I can't can't imagine what that would look like. And so I want, I want to spend a little bit of time just recognizing just how much God's love and dreams for our lives are and just how much we can pour back into that and live into the truth and into the hope and into the promise that God has for each and every one of us. Paul uh, who wrote the majority of the New Testament as letters to churches that he started, writes a letter to a church in Corinth, and he says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that, that God has prepared for those who love him. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. God has great dreams for us. And it's a dream of relationship and a dream of love. It's a dream of new life and a dream of hope. It's a dream of being made into a new thing, a dream of being made more like Jesus. And we don't just find this in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, one of the prophets, one of the, the, the folks that God sent to the people of Israel to remind them of God's great love for them and, and their need for obedience uh, was a guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah says this, Forget the former things. He's speaking on behalf of God as God's prophet. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is making a way for us to come into relationship because God's dream for us is, is, is that relationship, that we can be made new in the love and life that God offers to us, that we can receive and embrace that life, and that we can follow God in, in the direction that God is calling us to go, so that we can obey His commands that Jesus offered to us. And, and Jesus said, my my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Come and follow me, and I will, I will show you how to live. 
As a matter of fact, in John's gospel, we read Jesus' words, and, and Jesus makes it clear what he's talking about. He says this, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Jesus is saying, hey, if you embrace me, if you, if you want to follow me, if you want to live a life that is filled with the dream that God has for you, the love that God has for you, you will, you will do so by following me. And you'll be obedient to the commands that I give you, which are, are light and easy compared to the commands of the world. And, and you can embrace that and come to life in that and celebrate what that looks like. Because I don't want you to just have a little bit of me on an already okay life. I think far too frequently Christians, this is the mindset that we have, that, that people come to church so that we can feel a little bit better about our week. Or we, we attend church so that we can have a little bit of uplifting. Maybe we enjoy the people around us so that they can help us to feel better about ourselves. But what God is hoping for is so much more. God doesn't want us to have a little bit of Jesus to our already okay lives. God wants us to have a brand new life in Jesus Christ so that we can come alive and make a difference on behalf of Jesus. In, in 2 Timothy, which is a, a letter that Paul wrote to a, a young pastor Paul says this, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Friends, these are the big dreams that God has for love and for a relationship. His dreams don't limit him to, to, to the reality of, of death being something that can't be overcome. God's love for us is so great that he kicks down the doors to death. He breaks the hold that sin has on us, and he invites us into that relationship. This is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, and, and that hope should compel us to dream big dreams and live big lives on behalf of Jesus Christ, because we have been set free from sin and death. We have been set free to live and be life to others. And so what does that look like? How can, we, how can we know what God's dreams for us are so that we can embrace those dreams and be involved in them? It's like if, if Ryan had never showed up to talk to Bob, he would have never been involved in this great caper, this great plot, this great story of love. And, and if we don't go to God and say, God, what, what can we do? How can we really come to life? What, what are your dreams for me? then we're selling ourselves short. And, and, and that's how we start this. We pray, Father, reveal to me your dreams for my life. I'm going to pause here and say, hey, this is a dangerous prayer. Because prayers like this are immediately answered. God will respond to this. And quite frankly, my guess is 
that as you read this, you already know the direction that God has in mind for you. You already have felt that compulsion. You've already felt the urge or the desire to take that step, and yet you have held yourself back for whatever reason. Or maybe you've embraced that and you're charging headlong into it and you, you, you just don't know how to stop. And, and I, I equate this like this. When you're doing what God has dreamed for you, it feels like you're running downhill. Like when you were a kid and you would run downhill and there came that moment in that run downhill where you were like, I can't stop because if I try to stop, I'm going to fall in somersault. So I'm just going to keep going as fast as I can and as hard as I can for as long as I can to carry on in the direction that God is calling me. So we need to, we need to first pray this prayer. Ask God to reveal to, to you the dreams that he has for your life. And then, friends, the second and most important part is this. We need to do what God reveals. We need to allow God's influence in our lives not just to remain an idea of, of something that seems too difficult for us to embrace, but instead we need to start to do what God has called us to do. We need to embrace God's love. We need to live into God's life, and we need to do the things that God puts on our heart to do. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I truly don't. But my, my, I know what, what that looks like for me. For, for me, it's, it's dreams for what the church can do in the community around us through least of these or through care to learn or through smaller things like this summer. Lord, I, I, I just pray that we are able to get together this summer. I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but just about a year ago, we got the news that we weren't going to be able to meet in person. And, and my, my dream at that point was that we would be able to be back for Easter, that we would come back at Easter and it would be a big deal because that was going to be my first Easter to celebrate with you. And, and we did celebrate Easter, but it was all online because that date kept getting pushed back further and further and further, trying to flatten the curve of COVID-19. And, and, and we were uh, unable to meet physically. And so one of the dreams, the big dreams that I have is first, I want to get together and celebrate Easter because it is powerful and it is something that we can do as a community. But my dreams don't end there. I have visions and hopes and dreams of a summer that is spent in fellowship and community without the fear and dread hanging over us of COVID-19 because vaccinations are rolling out and we are getting more and more healthy and we're keeping ourselves at safe distances and wearing masks and doing all of the things that we're called to. I have visions of having family movie nights on the grass this summer. The 4th of July is on a Sunday this year, and I, I think what, what a great time we could get together as a community of faith and, and have a potluck dinner out on the grass, just to have a picnic together. These are things that I have in my mind, dreams that I and hopes that I have crazy. We could have this thing called Vacation Bible School where students, children are able to come into relationship with Jesus Christ and fall in love with him at a young age so that they can embrace that life and embrace our God and embrace all of the hopes that he has for us. Friends, these are the hopes that I have. I don't know what God is placing on your heart, but my guess is it might be something as simple as a neighbor that, that lives near you that, that doesn't have anybody coming to care or help them out, and, and, and God has placed on your heart to step into that. Or uh, somebody that, that you have encountered or have in, 
been uh, in, in a relationship with that you know that, that they just need somebody that will care for them or, or be there for them or walk with them through a difficult situation. I don't know what God's dreams for you look like, but God does. And if we go to God and we say, God, show us, reveal to us your dreams for our lives, it's going to change everything, especially if we embrace those. Because it is when we abandon ourselves to the Father that God's perfect dreams for our lives can be found. This is what Jesus said. He said, if you obey my commands, I am going to come with my Father and make my home with you. This is the hope that we have in Jesus, that God will come and, and dwell within us, that we will come to life so profoundly and so powerfully that our great love for God leads to action and leads to a transformation of the world around us by the love that we have shared with God. I mean, we're called to love God. We're called to love our neighbor. We're called to dream big dreams because love does. Let us be loved to the world the way that God has loved us first. Let us go into the world proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and sharing that love and life with everyone we encounter. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift we have of Jesus Christ, for the hope we have in the light of the world dwelling within us, that God, you have loved us so passionately and so strongly. Help us now to fall head over heels in love with you so that our great love moves us to action, so that we embrace this new life, this new thing that you are doing, and that in that new life that our lives are transformed and that we are able to work for the building of the kingdom of God, for the transformation of the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that in your presence and in your great name, it will be done. May it be done now and forever in our lives and in the lives of all of those we encounter. In the name of Jesus Christ, we all agree and say, amen.